0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On BYU. Your daily BYU Cougars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Jake Hatch, host of the Locked On BYU podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am the BYU beat writer for the Zona Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, and host of the podcast here is your BYU insider. Thank you so much for downloading the podcast. Second day officially of the podcast. So, thanks to those of you that tuned in yesterday and if you're new to the podcast today, welcome on in. It's a pleasure to have you. Like I said, I covered the I've covered BYU for near a, nearly a decade at this point in my life T- covering the Cougars. Something I really enjoy doing and I l- love the fact that we have this platform to bring you BYU news each and every day. So like I said, thank you so much for downloading the podcast. Let your friends know about the podcast. um, Spread the word on social media, word of mouth. It helps everything. And please, rate and review the podcast as well. It helps drive interest that way as well. Just kind of more of that natural um, advertising. So like I said, we're going to be talking BYU football I mentioned at the end of the show yesterday, uh, we we're going to talk a little bit about Jeff Grimes today. We're also going to have a, a recruiting profile coming up in the second segment of the show today. That is going to be on South Summit High School up there in Camas, Utah. Uh, they have a prospect who's committed to BYU, a defensive lineman by the name of Bruce Mitchell. You'll get to know him a little bit, hear from his high school head coach. That'll be up coming up in the second segment and then in the third segment we will get to quick hits it's a it's gonna be news from BYU athletics some of the other athletics programs in Provo that are are worth mentioning some of the news coming from those athletic teams but we'll get them into a quick format so that way you have the news you need to know but we're not belaboring the point too long hopefully that makes sense that's kind of the layout of the show today Once again, thanks so much for downloading. Welcome on in and really appreciate you guys taking the time to to tune in to the show. All right. So I mentioned we're going to talk about Jeff Grimes here in the first segment. There was a question posed to me on Twitter yesterday by Seth Baird, who was a listener. I appreciate the question here, Seth. He asked the question. He asked a question. He wanted to know a little bit more about Jeff Grimes. Let me read the question to you in its entirety. He says, "Quote: I would like to know more about Jeff Grimes. I find him an intriguing hire, and really would like to know what he's all about." Okay. I'm going to take some liberty with this question, Seth, and give you some of the background on Jeff Grimes. We're also going to talk about why I think he is the right fit for BYU at this time when he comes in as a first-time offensive coordinator. A lot of question marks around a first-time offensive coordinator. You don't have to look very very far back in the, in the tenure of BYU that they've had offensive coordinators who didn't have offensive coordinator experience in the past. Names that come to mind, Robert and I, Brandon Doman, um, also, just recently, Ty Detmer. Okay, those guys are all three BYU guys. Jeff Grimes, I believe he's a BYU guy, even though he didn't play here. So let's start off real quick, a little bit, a little bit of background about Jeff Grimes. He played at UTEP. Uh, you can you can go, you can Google this. Go to Wikipedia. You can read everything. I, I I can read about this, but I want to give you kind of a rundown of what he did in his career. He played. Uh, he was a four-time letterman as an offensive tackle for the UTEP minors between 1987 and 1990. The interesting part about his time at UTEP is the coaches that he played for during his time there. There are four names that I want to mention here. And you'll know these names if you're an NFL fan generally. And even BYU fans will know some of these names just because of association. First one was the quarterback's coach at that time, Marty Morinweg. Marty Mortenweg has been in the NFL seemingly forever. He was an offensive coordinator. He's been a position coach. He's even been a head coach at the NFL level. A well-respected offensive mind was his quarterback's coach. Dave Tobe, who was the strength coach at the time at UTEP, but has since moved on to the NFL. He is now the assistant head coach and special teams coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Tobe's name seems to come up every time there is an opening for a head coaching spot in the NFL. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten a job yet. I know that the next name on the list is a guy that wants to keep him around him as long as he can, and that would be Andy Reed. Of course, if you're a BYU fan, you know the name Andy Reed, of course. He's a BYU alum. Lavelle Edwards is pivotal to getting Andy into coaching. He's gone to the NFL, uh, was a long, long long-time coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, leading them, I believe, to four or five NFC championship games and one Super Bowl appearance. He's been the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs for a while now. So Andy Reid, Dave Tobe works for Andy Reid. So Andy Reid was the offensive line coach, Dave Tobe's strength coach, and Marty Morinweg, the quarterback's coach. Those three coaches worked under the direction of Dirk Cutter. If you know Dirk Cutter's name, it's because you're a college football or NFL fan. Dirk Cutter's been everywhere. Idaho, Boise State, Arizona State. Most recently, he's been in the NFL. He was the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and just moved up to the head coaching position of the Buccaneers. So he is a head coach in the NFL now. Think about those four names that you learned from as a student if you're Jeff Grimes. That's just the start of his career and people he worked for. Um, he went into college coaching after he spent a couple of years as a high school coach in the El Paso area. Uh, he got a job working as a graduate assistant at Rice under Ken Hatfield, a longtime coach in the old WAC. Coached, uh, I believe it was actually at Air Force. He was at Rice for quite a while. He's a well-respected coach. Ken Hatfield's been all over the place. He also worked under R.C. Slocum at Texas A&M, working with Mike Sherman, who's been in the NFL, the college game, and now is in the Canadian Football League, a well-respected offensive mind. Then he finally got um, full-time jobs in college coaching, and he was off and rolling. uh, Easiest way to go. Let's run down where he's coached at, Jeff Grimes. He coached for Dirk Cutter, who was his like we mentioned, college coach at Boise State during the 2000 season, working along future Boise State and Colorado head coach Dan Hawkins. So there's a coach that's got a great offensive mind that he learned from. He ended up going to uh, Arizona State, working with Mark Helfrich, who was who was just recently fired as the head coach of Oregon, formerly was the offensive coordinator for Chip Kelly with the Ducks during their, during their heyday. What I'm getting at, people, is he has worked with some fantastic offensive minds. After working with ASU, he was brought to BYU by Gary Croton. When Croton resigned, Bronco Mendenhall kept Grimes on his staff. He worked with Robert and I at that time. His 2016 team, of course, every BYU fan knows this. The offense, His offensive lineman blocked for the nation's fourth best offense, averaging 465 yards. Big reason why BYU won the Mountain West Championship, when 11-2 was ranked 15th in the final polls that year. John Beck was well-protected for the most part well as as a result of his stellar work with that offensive line, he got called up to the big leagues to the power five um Dan Hawkins, who had gone to Colorado as their head coach, hired him to Colorado. He was the associate head assistant head coach for for Dan Hawkins at that time, serving as running game coordinator as offensive line coach and then he went to the southeast he's been at Auburn, won a national title there working with gene Chiswick um he went to Virginia Tech and worked for the legendary coach Frank Beamer, and then most recently at LSU working for Les Miles. That all that I just went through is to let you know the type of coaches that Jeff Grimes has been around. There are lots of other coaches I, I could mention that he's probably associated with, etc. But he comes to BYU with an identity that I really think is going to pay dividends for the Cougars. He's a no nonsense guy. He wants his offense to limit mistakes, but he still wants them to be prolific and put up points and yards. That should be music to BYU fans' ears after what happened last year. BYU's offense was ranked in the 110s out of 129 schools. Just an abysmal offensive year last year. Jeff Grimes is coming with an identity. This offensive identity is going to be multiple. I had a chance to ask uh, Zach Wilson yesterday and said, hey, what would you classify the identity of this offense to be? And he said multiple. So I identified exactly what it is. What we have seen is the media watching Jeff Grimes' offense is he's not afraid to do whatever is in the best interest of his team. He'll run eye formations, single back sets. He'll go four and five wide in shotgun formations. He wants a team that is able, and I get this is a cliche, he wants a team that is able to take advantage of what the defense is giving them. That's not a bad thing at all, and that's especially so in the case of BYU as they're trying to bounce back from a 4-9 record a year ago. I really believe in Jeff Grimes. I think he's going to do good things for the Cougars, and I'm really excited to see what he can do this season as he tries to resurrect this offense from what it was last year. I had a chance to talk to him in February at signing day and just getting to know him a little bit better. I asked him the question. This was a conversation that wasn't on the record, but I just was getting to know him. I asked him the question, what brought you back to BYU? And he said, Jake, if you look at my coaching career and even in my life generally, I have never returned to a place in my coaching career or in my life. He said he'd never, he's never been back to his hometown of Garland, Texas. Even He's never gone home. Ever since he left for UTEP to play college football, he's never gone back is what he said. But he said, I came back to BYU because I like it here. That should be music to BYU fans' ears in my opinion. He wants to be here. He's a non-LDS or he's not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But he believes in the mission of BYU. He likes the football program and he wants to see it succeed. That's great news, and he has done great things so far for BYU. I'm interested to see how it plays out this season as they chase a bowl berth and hopefully building something. I'm wondering who he's going to pick as his quarterback: is it Tanner Mangum or Zach Wilson? We'll all find out Monday. Of course, is game week, and it should be interesting to see what, if any, announcement comes, or if they hold on to it till Saturday when they face off against Arizona. So there you go, Seth. Kind of a deep dive on who. Uh, who Jeff Grimes is what he's about and why I believe in him I think he's a great coach I really do I think he's going to do great things there we go that's the first segment out here on the podcast thank you so much for downloading us if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44 years old your company should be sponsoring Locked on BYU Locked on BYU is listened to by 98% men, and 80% of those men are between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want to contact men in that age range, this is your spot to advertise. Our rates are very reasonable. You can email me at lockedonbyu at gmail.com to find out more. Coming up next, like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, it'll be a recruiting profile of South Summit High School defensive lineman Bruce Mitchell. You'll hear from Mitchell about why he chose BYU. You'll also hear from his high school head coach. That's coming up next right here on Locked On BYU.
0: The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On BYU, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to Locked On BYU. My name is Jay Catch. As you heard the voice lady just say, this is your daily podcast for all things BYU athletics, particularly BYU football and basketball. Thank you so much for taking the time to download the podcast here. It's a pleasure to bring it to you. I'm really excited to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where the slogan is, your team every day. And that's exactly what we're doing. I mentioned before the break, Talking about BYU commit, Bruce Mitchell plays at South Summit High School up there in Camas, Utah. Great player. I had a chance to go see him with my with my own eyes last week. I went up to their game. They're in Camas. They hosted the San Juan Broncos, made the long trek north from southeastern Utah. And went away big time losers, fifty six to thirteen. I believe was the final score in that game, and it probably could have been worse had South Summit not called off the dogs. They are the two way defending champions in the state of Utah. They o- they are the owners of the longest win streak in state, and Bruce Mitchell is a big reason why. This young man is six foot four, two hundred and seventy five pounds, and he plays like a man amongst boys. The level he is at. In 2A football, that's what you want to see for a guy that is going to end up as a BYU Cougar. He had a forced fumble that he picked up and returned for a touchdown. You'll hear him when I, when I play this interview with, I had with him after the game last week. You'll hear him talk about the fact that it's a normal occurrence. It's nothing special to him. But he talks a lot in this interview that I had a chance to talk to him. He talks a lot about why he chose to, go, why he chose to commit to BYU. This guy is a guy that you want if you're a BYU fan because he believes in the mission of BYU. He grew up a fan of the team. So without further ado, here is a portion of my conversation talking about his commitment to BYU with South Summit star Bruce Mitchell. Okay, I want to talk to you a little bit about your commitment to BYU. Um... When a guy from South Summit pops up as a commitment from a two A school to a Division One program like that, can you explain what went down to get you that offer in the first place?
2: Um, I, I mean, it's hard to get recruited out of a small school. Coach Graycheck's been a huge benefit. He's been going around to schools, and I was talking to SUU, Weber State, but I was still going around to camps. And I went to the BYU camp and d tackle and. I've, I've always went O-line at camps, which was really surprising when Coach Tuiaki asked me to go D-line. and I'm, I just did really good, and I've really embraced it now. I've focused on defense, and it's been a huge stride for me. But it's been really good for my community to get this
1: scholarship. Uh, everybody's just been loving it, and it's awesome. Uh, Coach Tuiaki, of course, coaches the D-line down, down there as well as the defensive coordinator. What did he tell you that he likes about you at D-tackle?
2: Um, he said, I was just like, Said I was natural born talent, pretty much like a lot of <clears throat> natural stuff he could work with right now, and that's what and that really stuck out to me, just like and then he's diamond in the rough, just a lot of cool stuff like that, and he's a he's a really cool coach.
1: Okay, so you committed almost immediately afterwards. Why? It's
2: my dream to play at BYU. Um, I, just, I always remember watching him when I was a little kid, and then just to think about I'm gonna like. Me and my mom would always go to games but like once a year, sit in the front row. I'd ask her to buy me front row tickets, and she would, and we'd go once a year. Now it's just so crazy that I'm going to be playing for them, and that's why I committed right off the bat is because that's just always been my dream to play at Lavelle Edwards.
1: Okay, I guess last things last, what other programs have reached out to you since your commitment, or if any?
2: Um, not really any, uh, just like... SU and Weaver State, they pretty much told me to commit BYU's first class, and so I did. Yeah, it was awesome. So they're like, hey, we understand. Yeah, yeah. Coach Hunt at su he texted me the next day, and he said, if you haven't committed, you need to. That's
1: first class. Awesome. Well, Bruce, thanks so much for the time. Yeah, thank you. There you have it. That's Bruce Mitchell, star at South Summit High School here in Camas, Utah. Thank you to him for taking the time to talk to me on the podcast. It was a pleasure to interview him. As you just heard, he's a he's a great young man. He has a lot of great thoughts. I really enjoyed my conversation with him. I think that BYU may have found a diamond in the rough. And you'll hear about that in this next interview, this next clip of an interview. I had a chance to talk to South Summit head coach Mike Grayjack about Bruce Mitchell, get some of his thoughts on why he thinks BYU found a guy that they can really use in their next recruiting class. So that's coming up right now. Here's South Summit head coach Mike Greyjack with myself last week. You got a BYU commit in Bruce Mitchell, left tackle, defensive tackle. Can you talk about his play? Yeah, I mean that
3: you know we've got, we've I'm a big believer in playing as many guys as we can. And we probably probably in the first half, I told the kids at halftime, I said, I'll bet you we played 29 guys. And we try we try to platoon, and Bruce plays on both sides and we give him a rest. But because he's such a presence, these young guys that are just coming on, we lost eight first-teamers last year, uh, 16 seniors who were starters, and everybody's unknown. But because Bruce is on the field, it's helping other guys. I had a junior walk up to me and says, how was that starting? He said, you know, two tackles for a loss, a fumble recovery, a sack. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's a great player, but because guys are focused on Bruce, it opens things up for other guys. He committed to BYU. How important is that for your program to have a guy like that? It's it's huge. Uh, you know, he, he went to Utah camp on a Monday, made it to the Final Four in their offensive line uh, <laughs> competition. He says, hey, let's send you to BYU. Do you want to go tomorrow or on Thursday? He goes, I'll go tomorrow. He goes, what should I go as? I said, Bruce, I want them to see how athletic you are. He actually went to 7-on-7 seven seven with us and played slot at 7-on-7. Seven seven. And so I says, go as a tight end so they can see 275 pounds run and catch. Yeah. And he did. And I told Coach Clark down there, I says, hey, if you want to uh, see Bruce on the O-line, because Clark's the tight end coach, yes. then send him over there. Because everybody can say my O-line can, O-line can play tight end. Mm-hmm. We send him as a tight end and then Tuiaki got a hold of him and Tuiaki says I want to meet with you after lunch sorry I get a little emotional because I just remember that day you know uh I'm on the phone with Bruce and Tuiaki's calling me at the same time and uh it was just you know that that was his dream and he's worked his butt off and and you know and, and all our kids do he's God's blessed him with the size and you know and he's going where he wants to go.
1: Is this some validation for you as a coach to see a kid like that succeed and get a chance to go
3: to a, like an FBS university like BYU? Sure. I mean that that helps, but you know and that's the thing is 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 people see that but all our kids worked out hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Bruce just happens to be 6'5 and 275, yeah. you know. But our little guys worked out hard. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think, you know, we got the longest win streak in the state. and Because uh, our kids, you know, they're they're committed. And they're believing in the process. A lot of those kids, they want to go both ways. Mm-hmm. And it, it's small-town football. Yeah. But, you know, it's just how fun's practice if I'm talking to 11 guys. This was our talk at halftime today. Mm-hmm. If I'm talking to 13 guys, how fun's practice going to be on Monday? I said, but... And we end up playing every kid that was on the sidelines. You know, suited fifty. Mm-hmm. They all played. So practice on Monday is going to be fun. Coach Grayjack, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. There you go, South Summit head coach Mike
1: Grayjack. You can tell he's a little. He was a little torn up about the about what it meant to him to see a kid like Bruce capitalize on his opportunity and get that scholarship offer and ultimately commit to BYU. I think that's a great thing. I, and I, I, you heard the last question I asked him. Is it validation for you as a head coach to see a kid like this from this level get that opportunity with BYU? And you can tell that he he, he sees it more as an opportunity to show his young men, the other young men in his program. If you buy in and if you, if you work hard enough, opportuni- opportunities will come your way. That's not to say that Bruce, being six foot four or six foot five, as um, Coach Grzejek said, and two hundred and seventy pounds, grows on trees. That's that's some God given talent right there. That's God given size. But I think it shows that he, he can use that to motivate the rest of the kids in his program. So. Really appreciate Bruce and Coach Grajak taking the time to talk with me about both Bruce's commitment and just about his background as a player. It was really fun. This will be a regular thing we do. I'm out of high school games. I loved covering high school football here in the state of Utah. I will have a chance to interview athletes like this, and I'll make sure to include these as regular features in the podcast. Let me know what you think. I- I'd love to get your feedback, and let me know what you think of Bruce Mitchell and Coach Jack and what you make of the kid who's going to be a defensive lineman for BYU. All right, we'll take a time out here. Uh, we'll come back. Final segment, like I mentioned at the top of the show, Quick Hits. All the news from BYU and their other sports programs that we don't spend don't need to spend an entire segment on, but we'll get it for you so you're up to date on everything you need to know about BYU before the end of the podcast. That's all coming up right here on Locked on BYU.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months Locked on BYU, your team every day.
1: Welcome back to Locked On BYU. Thank you so much for taking the time to download the podcast today. My name is Jay Catch, your BYU insider here on the podcast and host of the Locked On BYU podcast, as I just said. I just made that redundant. I apologize. Forgive me for that faux pas. Anyways, Quick hits here as we wrap things up on the podcast today. This is the news around BYU that not necessarily going to make an entire segment of this news, but all the news together will make a segment, but not any one individual story will make the whole news. So let's start off with cross country. Of course, BYU athletics has a strong um, Olympic sports tradition. These programs are nationally ranked. They're they're fantastic and cross country is among the tops. Uh, the BYU men's and women's cross-country teams were picked to top the West Coast Conference in their preseason rankings. The women's team was picked to share the title with the University of San Francisco. Uh, BYU men's team was alone in first place. It was picked to win uh, its fourth consecutive WCC championship. It would be their sixth and seventh seven years. Uh, let's put it this way. BYU is set up, at least in the men's side of things, they have... All-Americans and Rory Linkletter, Daniel Carney, Clayton Young, Kramer Morton, as well as 2017 WCC champion Connor McMillan. This is a team that legitimately could contend for a national title. So best of luck to the cross-country teams as they start their seasons. Being ranked number one doesn't hurt to start things off that way. Let's get to some of the games that are happening this weekend in the other sports. Women's Soccer, they're in action tonight. They're down in College Station, Texas, taking on Texas A&M. That game's scheduled to kick off at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Gregory Bell will be on the call live from College Station. You can catch it on BYU Radio. You can listen in there. It's also supposed to be televised, I believe, on SEC Network Plus, which is an online portal. Um, If you have a TV subscription, I believe you should be able to find that. I may even check ESPN Plus, maybe see if you can get access there. The women's volleyball team uh, expected to be very, very good this season again. uh, They are in action. They have their first two matches of the season. They're on the road in Durham, North Carolina to take on Duke. They're playing in famed Cameron Indoor Stadium. Not many people can say they've played in Cameron Indoor Stadium, but the BYU, BYU women's volleyball team will be able to say that they play tonight at 5:30 uh, p.m. mountain time and then tomorrow Saturday at 4:30 p.m. mountain time. This is in the this is both games Cameron Indoor Stadium, both to be televised on ACC Network Extra, which is an online portal as well if you want to find the women's volleyball team in action. So best of luck to the women's soccer team at Texas A&M this weekend as well as the BYU women's volleyball team in action against Duke. Couple other things before we wrap things up here for you, Uh, the Big Blue Bash, fun event. If you haven't ever been out to this, it's something I would encourage you to do. It's scheduled for tomorrow, Saturday, August twenty fifth, six p.m. at Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy, Utah. Of course, that is the home of Real Salt Lake. You can get advance tickets for just five dollars, or you can get tickets for ten dollars at the door. Uh, BYU football head coach Kalani Sitake. Uh, Gregor Bell actually expected to be back for this. He'll be flying back tonight after this game for the BYU women's soccer team to be in attendance. Blaine Fowler, longtime proponent of BYU, a longtime broadcaster, will also be in attendance. Go to BigBlueBash.com for more information about this. Always a fun event out at Rio Tinto Stadium. A chance to rub shoulders, literally, with BYU athletes, particularly the football team. Should be a lot of fun there. Last thing, the BYU Hall of Fame. Of course, they have their inductees every year. There are five inductees that are being inducted into the hall this year, and I'll, I'm going to run through the names real quick here. You'll you'll notice these if you're a BYU fan, and if you're listening to this podcast, it's assuming I'm assuming that's what you are. So here you go. Russell Holmes played for the BYU men's volleyball team. Lindsey Still Metcalf, a stalwart on the track and field side of things, as well as the BYU women's volleyball team. Aaron Russell, who was a member of the BYU diving team. Daniel Summerhays, currently on the PGA Tour. He's a standout golfer at BYU. He's being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And then the big name, if you're a BYU football fan, Johnny Harleen. The man, the myth, the legend. Harleen is still open. That will never die. The catch he made to lift BYU to that win over Utah in 2006. The man, Johnny Harleen, he's a good friend. I've gotten to know him fairly well. He's a great dude living in Las Vegas now. He is being inducted and well-honored as part of this BYU Hall of Fame inductee class. So... Congratulations to all five of these athletes. They joined more than 200 student athletes, coaches and administrators, teams, broadcasters who have all been inducted into the BUAU Athletic Hall of Fame. Five more names to be inducted. Um, and I, I commend all five of them. They've all been great players, and you would expect so if they're being inducted into the Hall of Fame. But names like Johnny Harleen, Daniel Summer Hayes, Lindsey Steele Metcalf, man. If you're a BYU fan, those names bring back great memories. So there you go. Congratulations to all five inductees. There you have it. That's the podcast for, the, for today. We'll be back on Monday. It's game week, everybody. We're getting ready for BYU at Arizona. We'll be getting you ready for all of that. It should be a ton of fun. I am so excited for the season to finally be here. Like I said, my name is Jake Hatch. You can find me online on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch. If you would like to be a featured sponsor here on Locked On BYU, please email me at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you so much for Tuning in, we'll talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend.
0: A hey, prime members.